Welcome back, Mighty Vandals, to Tubbs of the Club, your University of Idaho affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, already laughing my ass off at the comment section. Uh, joined by co-host who's uh, still under the weather. Dallas, you can give us an update on why you're under the weather. I'm really hoping that it's like a four-day hangover, but uh, Dallas, you're joining us. How's it going? Well, I lost my voice from screaming, everyone. The new day is upon us. It has finally come. He has risen, and he is going to be a new face in charge of Vandal Basketball. Yeah, I have to jump to the comment section already. Like, I, I'm not kidding. Like, we're about to start. Um, by the way, man, the weight of the world feels lifted. We do have to go go back to that weight in a minute. But, yeah, Jason Mayer in the comment section, the search for the golden veggie has begun for talking about the eventual coaching search. Jesus Christ, Jason, thank you. We're also joined by someone producing, sometimes seducing, Martin Heemstra, how's it going? It's going great. It's nice to not have negativity after a, a sh- for a show anymore. Well, don't worry, I'll I'll provide it. So it'll it'll feel just like a glove, pretty damn quick. Uh, again, hitting the comment section, Captain Fifty Eight. Is it just me, or or the veggies a little greener tonight? Uh, Christy Meyer, by the way, Christy Meyer going for the jugular. I'm from Southeast Idaho. Anyone serving up some funeral potatoes with the demise of the veggies, bam. And then uh, Patrick Firks, hola, same thing. But look, everyone knows the topic. Zach Gloss was fired. Uh, we're going to get into, you know, obviously reactions. There's also like some kind of weird, just Dallas and I are probably going to talk a little bit about the process of the firing itself. Uh, but look, we're in around the bar brought to us by Hughes River. And look, before before we actually jump into the to the um, reactions, the, the, the meat of the show, you might say. Yes, I said meat in a veggies episode. Uh, we just got to we're going to run through the postmortem real quick. And there's a couple of dates that I want to want to reference for you guys. Uh, the first date, the date, date it began June 14th, 2019, after head coach Don Verlin was fired with cause by at the time, Chuck Staben, uh, president of the University of Idaho, interim AD at the time, uh, the late Pete Isaacson, promoted number three assistant Zach Claus to interim head coach for the 2019-2020 basketball season. February 25th, uh, 2020. Zach Claus at the time has a 7-20 and record, 5-20 and versus D1. And current new athletic director, our still current athletic director, Terry Golick, promoted Zach Claus from interim head coach to head coach and presented him with a contract running through April 30th, 2023 with compensation totaling 150,000 a year, plus some perks and benefits since then. So since February 25th, Claus went 21 and 68 or 71 and 68 against D one competition. That's a 20% winning percentage for those counting throughout his four years as a, as a whole Claus concluded his time as head coach of Idaho with a 28 and 88 record 22 and 88 versus division one with last place finishes in conferences, three of the four years and scoring margins of negative 10.1 points per game in year one, negative 15.4 points per game in year two. These are all conference totals, negative 6.7 points per game last year that, and by the way, the last season, the 2021, 22 is the only season Klaus did not finish record-wise at the bottom of the Big Sky, and only season Klaus did not finish scoring margin-wise bottom of the Big Sky. And then this year, after the team face-planted to close out the year, finished with a negative 7.6 scoring margin in conference, 
Overall in conference play, Klaus's record is 15 and 61 in those four years, with marks of four and 16 in year one, one and 17 year two, six and 14 last season, his top, and this year, four and 14, good for a 19.7% winning percentage overall. And the final date, February 27th, 2023, Zach Klaus is fired or relieved of his head coaching duties. He's still under contract immediately following Idaho's regular season ending loss to Montana. A press release was sent out about 30 minutes following the conclusion of the 68-53 loss. Since then, Tim Marion has been named acting head coach. Most recently, prior to Idaho, Marion was an assistant at San Jose State from 2019 to 2021, and prior to that, Washington State from 2016 to 2019. He also, a while back, had been the director of operations, uh, basketball operations for Don Verlin at Idaho. And as of today, Klaus's name is no longer even present on the GoVandals.com website under the basketball section. In those few years, the Big Sky, all Big Sky honorees Klaus, Klaus coached included Trayvon Allen, his first year, second team, and then none for 2019-2020 and none for 2020 and 2021. Mikey Dixon made honorable mention. Then this, then, uh, sorry, that was for 21-22. And then this year, Teams haven't been announced yet, but presumably Isaac Jones and Devontae Moffitt will at, receive some sort of all-big sky honors. So Dallas with that, that's the postmortem. That's the obituary. Um, we're a couple days out. I want to talk just immediate reaction because, look, before we move on to the new stuff, before the before we move on to, to head coach a coaching search, I think it's important to acknowledge what happened so we can close the book and then be excited for the next chapter, but we're not quite there yet. You hear the news that Klaus is finally gone. What's your reaction? Thank God. Honestly, that, that was my reaction. Um, it, this honestly, Brian, this has been a mistake since June 14th, 2019. Uh, there, there's no other way to say it. Uh, you know, Don Verlin was fired for cause. Um, I know that there's been folks that have debated that if, it was a minor violation. It was an NCAA violation and he got fired for it. That's what happened. Uh, you can argue that it shouldn't happen, but reality is it happened. He did something he shouldn't have and he was fired for it. The decision immediately after that to promote Klaus to the head coach, that was the first step in a large line of fuck-ups by the Idaho Athletic Department. And this is finally, it's coming years too late, but it is a course correction in, in the correct way. It, it is finally admitting that this awful mistake should not have happened. The guy was not cut out to be a Division One head coach. Uh, it's unfortunate to say that. It sounds harsh, but it was pretty obvious that the guy just was not cut out for this. He should not have had this job in the first place. I don't know why Gallic gave him that bullshit three-year contract. And here we are. We pissed away four years of Vandal basketball for whatever reason, but we're on the other side of that now. And so thank God he's gone. Thank God we can finally see maybe a new era coming as long as Tim Marion. I mean, if Tim Marion makes it to the NCAA tournament and wins a couple games, then sure, hire him. But it's time to start fresh. Like, get everything out of this program and start it brand new. So I'm just going to stay at the subtext. You know, we'll preview the game for like a minute, but no one's concerned about Tim Marion making a run. Uh, Golic actually referenced Tim Marion in the press conference because he was at she was asked about Tim Marion, but you referenced he makes run the NCAA tournament. One, no, no percent chance that's going to happen, and two, actually, I would still not want him to have the job if he did. Um, I just want a completely clean start, clean clean slate, start over. I want nothing, no connective tissue whatsoever 
to, to Zach Kloss. My immediate reaction, I could honestly disbelief that we're now through um, counting Verlin's last year. It's been a half decade of Idaho winning fewer than 10 D1 games a year. Um, floored that I had, that all of us had to endure four years of Zach Kloss basketball that honestly was, it's a, it's a real discussion, Dallas. What was his best year, his first year or last season? It's not this season. The team clearly quit on Zach Kloss. I mean, the last four games, Idaho scored 211 points. 11 points in those four games scoring 50, 55, 53, 53, an absolute limping to the finish line. Part I mean, of me Brian, to quickly answer that question. I think his second year, his first year in full charge, I think that was his best year only because it was so catastrophically terrible. It was funny. Yeah, you're right. Um, this year was painful last season. It was, there were at least fun moments, Dallas. I've said this before. If, if I, Idaho didn't have Isaac Jones this year, I don't even know how I'd have got through games, and I, I still struggled with this team. This That would have uh, looked like the one-year COVID year. The, the one-man yeah. COVID year, that's what that would have looked like. Let me say, look, Zach Kloss came back last season. You at least have a little bit of hope saying, like, okay, well, whatever. Fingers crossed the team's fun. Maybe this can turn into something. There was no one on the fence about Zach Kloss at the start of this year, which, we look, we've had this conversation ourselves, had this conversation with a ton of people. It was hard to know how to even feel about the team because you wanted no chance that Zach Kloss was, was coming back. Uh, Captain 58 in the comment section, what happened? Dude was in over his head and he, we really sucked because of it. I would love to see us get, get to build around Isaac Jones, but I doubt he will stay. Almost none of Kloss teams have stayed. Absolutely true. But look, that, that, let me just run through that really quick. We Starting with Chuck Staben, and look, this will hit back to Terry Golick. Look, she finally made the right choice. This was not a profile in courage. Uh, this was the easiest decision any AD could possibly have ever had to not extend Zach Kloss. But we, as Vandals, lived through four years of idiocy and ineptitude to get to the point that we're at today. And look, glad we're over the mountain. Glad that there were that we very soon will have no reason to bring up Zach Kloss when we talk basketball on the show anymore. Uh, but this has been this was a painful four years. Uh, we've had tubs at the club as a show talking basketball for five, all five of Idaho's terrible years. And I was on record early Dallas. I don't remember the year you joined and start hosting, but I immediately was talking about how Zach Kloss, the interim title was preposterous. He was just as bad as Verlin's last team. And then th there was a lot of commitment and commitment in print media to pretending the team had close games. That's why I talked about scoring margin all but one year, Kloss was last place in the conference. The year he was not last place, he was third to last. That was his pinnacle of success, scoring margin of third to last in the conference. So I'm. it's going to take a little while to completely relax into excitement. We're going to have to have coaching news to get to that point. But at the very least, we're through something, uh, something awful. Um, you know, I guess that now I want to bring up, cause we're not going to talk class forever on this episode. We have other stuff to talk about. And again, we're, it's so great that like that we get to bracket. This as we're done talking about Zach Claus. Dallas want to ask you about the firing itself. Terry Golick to Peter Harriman in the spokesman review made it clear that she had not told Zach Claus that he was going to, that he was done as Idaho's coach prior to the Montana game. It appeared we had people message us telling us what they, what they appeared to see. It looked, uh, and I, when I say people, I mean plural, it looked like Terry, after the game, before Kloss made it to the locker room, told him in public that he was fired. So I had people messaging me saying, I think 
I think I watched that Klaus get fired. Then we learned that that was when it all happened. Terry then went in the locker room. The team was informed that Klaus is going to be gone. Um, obviously, the team's going to be emotional the way fans are not going to be. But I got to tell you, I I want to talk about the public nature of the firing itself, Dallas. Because um, you and I, look, it's clear. We both wanted Klaus fired forever. We're, we're on the record. We're happy. We got our win there, right? So we're not complaining about that part. But the firing itself taking place in public, Dallas, um, did that? Does that change how you like? How do you feel about that? Does that impact how you felt about Gallic handling this? Like, wh- where are you on this being done in public? For our visual listeners, you can see I'm shaking something in my hands. If you're listening to this in podcast form, just imagine me shaking this invisible jar. I'm dumping it out. It's all of the fucks I give about Zach Kloss being fired in the way that he was. Don't care at all. Doesn't bother me one bit. Not just don't care to me. Look, coaching and you're going to get people that are close to Zach Kloss that like Zach Kloss. Yeah, it sucks when somebody you like you personally know and personally like sucks when things don't work out for them. And something like that is kind of embarrassing. That sucks. But this is coaching. You're like everything you do is in the public sphere. You you win publicly. You lose publicly. Your entire job is graded on how you do publicly. I don't really give a shit. I know that this is Terry Golic earning back half of a point of respect from us, or at least attempting to, because she's trying to control the message and say that this isn't acceptable anymore. Fired Zach Kloss immediately instead of in a private room after the game or even just right after the Big Sky tournament. This was very obviously a message from Terry Golic. I think it's too little too late. I think if she actually knew what she was doing, she would have fired him three years ago when he was the interim coach, but I actually don't have a a problem with, with her having done this. It showed a tiny bit of stones that I didn't realize she had. I, again, I'm not trying to give her credit of like, Hey, way to go for making the right decision and pulling the trigger when the, the team gave up, like the team gave up three weeks ago. Like it was pretty fucking obvious, but I will say I, I honestly had no, I have always thought Terry was a bureaucrat who gave zero fucks about winning and was just there to check off compliance boxes and, be the athletic director and never never thought to put up forth any effort and this at least was like that took effort that was a conscious decision to go publicly embarrass him like that and i i gotta say i respect her like 0.5 out of 10 for doing that i love the 0.5 qualifier so again for those keeping track dallas is okay with it it he grades it as not an f minus it's an f is that that fair yeah that's fair okay yeah, I'm Dallas and I are not on the same page of this. Um, I got to bracket this because look, I'm not like I'm not going to go to bat for Zach Kloss on a lot of stuff. Zach Kloss also look big picture, even even if you don't like how he was fired, which I don't. He's not a victim. He's about to be paid twenty five thousand dollars for two months of not working, or he's going to get paid twenty five thousand dollars plus benefits to work on his resume, work on his connections, get his next assistant coaching job, which he will land because coaching is a fraternity. If you know people and you maintain those relationships, you will land elsewhere. Look, Leonard Perry is now a head coach elsewhere. I think it was classless. Absolutely classless. There's a lot of, there's a lot of, of private space that uh, Klaus could have been informed in, whether it's ICCU or in the, in anywhere that, athletic uh, administration is allowed to take place. 
there's a lot of places for that stuff to take place in private. There's no need for that to be done in public. There was no need, no need for it to be a spectacle. Um, I know, like you say, Stones, I think that was absolutely a display of weakness. I think that was, I think that was her clearly. I know Terry does her best to make it seem like she does not listen to outside noise. Oh, dude, they do. The, the department absolutely pays attention to what people are saying. Pay attention to social media stuff. Uh, I Pay know attention this. to Tubbs of the Club. Oh, yeah. Tubbs of the Club. Oh, by, by the way, guys, breaking news. Tubbs of the Club has been banned from having coaches from coaches being on Tubbs of the Club for the academic year because I posted a screenshot of Terry's uh, petty email. Uh, that's their call. Look, I mean, the athletic department, it is, uh, it's their right to have people on as they choose. It's our right to post what we want. Um, they want to be touchy about this. They can. I don't care um, for Tubbs the Club. I don't care. I think it's needlessly stupid because Tubbs the Club is the best way for a broad audience to meet the next basketball coach and to continue engaging in football. But if, um, if look, being insular is what the department thinks they need to do, then go ahead, find someone better. You're not going to. Um, but shifting back to the actual point, I thought it was classless to, to do it the way they did in public. Um, I thought it was a naked attempt of Terry to look strong, which uh, to me came across as desperate to look strong in public. So uh, yeah, I, that doesn't score any points for me. I, I do typically, I do not think being needlessly negative or needlessly uh, mean towards people is ever a show of strength. I think it's almost universally a show of weakness. That's what I interpreted there is this is Terry letting everyone know, yeah, she pays a ton of attention. She wanted to make a statement. If she wanted to make an actual statement, she would have fired the dude a long time ago. There's a lot. It would have cost virtually nothing to fire Kloss. He had a $75,000 buyout, which once he was hired elsewhere would have turned into zero. Plus we know it would have been easy to raise money for this. I don't care if if a if Golic or anyone else says they don't want to use donor money for firing coaches, that's their decision to not use an available resource. So that was my reaction to the firing itself. But it's it's a minor thing. Um, the further we get away from that taking place, the less and less people are going to talk about it. We're not going to be talking about it that much afterward. You know, from here on. Um, any before we talk about like press conference, uh, search committee stuff. Dallas, any last points you want to hit on Zach Kloss? Honestly, Brian, I, I have questioned if Terry did that in that public of way because she didn't want us to break the story. I, you know, again, she could have absolutely just pulled him aside, even just taken him back halfway into the locker room and just done it right there in, on the door outside of it. But that almost felt to me like she was trying to get in front of the story because as we know from the Paul Petrino and however you want to say the the word of what transpired there, she didn't want to announce his firing. She wanted to hold on to that as long as possible. And then somebody in the department and some, you know, sources started to get out and sources came to us. And then, you know, the story broke and, and things changed from, from there on out for both Tubbs and for Vandal football. But it did feel almost like Terry was paying too much attention to us and too much attention to the negative things that we have been saying for a long time, it almost felt like that was a response to us that she was trying to get us to understand. She was on the, on the fence and had finally committed to it, which again, if she was better at her job, she would have never given him that deal. She would have fired him a year ago. She would have fired him two years ago. There's so many points that this could have been different, but at the end of the day, it's over. The, like this was the most awful stretch of basketball I've ever seen. 
It's in the rearview mirror now. I don't care anymore. I'm not going to think about Zach Kloss again until, honestly, until next season, and we hopefully have a competent coach and competent team. And it's like, oh hey, holy shit, they they're being coached to do something other than have the point guard dribble around and call maybe one pick and roll in 20 seconds and then just huck up a shot. Weird. Yeah, the last thing I want to see because now the comment section is uh, saying like, okay, let's get done, guys. Please, please, let's just move on from talking about Klaus. Um, last thing I want to hit on with the the way this has been handled because it's going to transition now to the to the uh, coaching search itself. Is I also think this is a pretty naked attempt to for Terry to distance herself from Zach Klaus, the firing him in public, the all, everything's already been removed from the website. Um, talking about how she needed to fire him before the uh, conference tournament game so that she could do, she could talk to graduating seniors about what the, they hope the coaching staff can do next time. When just so you guys know, every single school does exit interviews at the end of the season that easily could have waited till the end of this week. I'm not saying Klaus needed to be on for the tournament. Uh, it's more that there's a, these are pretty obvious attempts for Terry to distance herself from Zach Kloss. Just don't forget who gave the dude a contract in the first place. She's distancing herself from herself by doing that stuff. So that's why I said, hey, this is not a profile in courage. Uh, this does not score any positive points for me because this was the easiest decision that any athletic director could possibly have made. The good news is it is done. So now we can uh, we can talk about the coaching search, which uh, sorry Tom Kendall comment section. I think she did it to show she wasn't so connected with Zach nor his sister. When we all know that's why she hired and kept him so long. People talked about that for a long for a long time. Tom, I just don't. I'm not disagreeing with the premise, but I'm not. I'm also going to say I'm not. I don't know enough uh, to explain that part very well. Um, Terry Heller press conference today to go over. Hey, to answer questions, explain to to whatever extent she's willing to, why what, why everything happened the way it did, and um, you know the the press conference itself was not there was no real dramatic news. Um, she said she wanted again, like just like she told Peter Harriman spokesman review, she wanted to be a, said she wanted to talk to players before the conference tournament. She said she answering a question about why fire class when she did. She said she wanted to create a clear break of. Uh, when it Klaus being there and Klaus not being there, which of course, again, that happens no matter what, when you fire someone, but whatever, I mean, sure. There's, there is a break going into the NCAA tournament. Um, one of the things I want to talk about, and I did a little bit of research is that university of Idaho will, and this, this is the thing we've been anxious about. Other people have been anxious about university of Idaho will be using a search committee or search firm to help, to help get candidates. It's, um, Bullsby Bullsby Sports Advisors has been hired. Uh, Bullsby Sports Advisors, uh, they assisted Idaho State in the hiring of Charlie Regal, which itself is not a ringing endorsement. Um, that, of course, doesn't mean they're not good at basketball. That's alleged, allegedly their basketball is supposed to be the specialty of Bullsby. I emailed Bulls, Bullsby to get a, a few bullet points to pay attention to, but uh, they have not gotten back to Tubbs at the club. Uh, I did talk to other people who have worked with Bullsby in the past who had good things to say. Um, the big, the big thing now, Terry hit a little bit on this Dallas, and I want, I'll ask you to respond. Uh, what like the logistics of working with a search committee are and benefits of a search committee. And there's a couple things for a school like Idaho, bigger schools have their own athletic HR and Idaho does not. 
So the business of the athletic department needs to continue, but coaching searches are essentially an ocean of candidates who uh, will contact the school themselves. Some who've already probably contacted University of Idaho for sure. And then there'll be, there'll also be coaches that the search committee itself finds. The committee lets the school do a pretty, a more thorough vetting than a school like Idaho would likely be able to do without the, without hiring a committee. Uh, they also make sure every candidate gets contacted who contacts Idaho, which that might sound minor, but it's pretty average for schools to pass on a guy one year, then maybe hire him later. Like, I mean, Danny Sprinkle at Montana did not get hired when they hired Brian Fish and then Danny Sprinkle got hired a second time around. So maintaining relationships like that, uh, it is beneficial for schools. Um, the, they also do some some consulting. You, know, you should you reasonably should expect this will be structured kind of like football. Of the firm helps field candidates. They they're not the only part of fielding candidates. In theory, Terry has some people she's interested in already. There will be people who've already contacted Idaho, and then there would be a separate committee. Typically, it's around four people that uh, helps kind of with Terry. Terry would be one of the four helps filter through which contacts, which potential coaches both in their, the school is interested in and is interested in the school and to what extent, and then conduct interviews from there. Uh, Dallas, on just the committee part, hearing we have a committee, your reaction? Ecstatic. Um, <clears throat> ecstatic, I should clarify. Um, so we've, we've mentioned this multiple times. Uh, Jason Eck did a fucking phenomenal job in this first year as the Idaho Fandle football head coach. Absolutely turned that program around. Uh, There's really not much else to say about it. You look at the results on the field and obviously completely turned things around. Jason Eck wasn't Terry Golick's first choice. Then that's that's all I have to know about that. Now, her first choice might have been better than Jason Eck. Who knows? Maybe Joel Thomas would have taken this team to a national championship. Who knows? Not going to project that. All I know is the guy who is in charge seems to be the right guy and wasn't Terry Golick's first choice. So, and then we have her obviously stunning resume with hiring volleyball coach that went fucking unreal that, I mean, I don't know if we even have enough players to field the team yet. Uh, and then here we are talking about another one of her decisions, Zach Kloss being now terminated after honestly four of the worst years of in basketball history. I mean, the, the guy's winning percentage is not high. So, I couldn't be more happy about having a search firm. Yes, Terry Golick probably has some some candidates in mind just from local. There's there's certainly guys around here that are going to be like going to be like, considered as good candidates. I know like Ryan Looney, he's at Idaho State. He's been fairly fine. I mean, he's not he hasn't blown the world up, but he's he's been okay there. The guy that replaced him at Point Loma, Matt uh, Matt Logie. Matt Logie replaced Jim Hayford at Whitworth. You could see a guy like that who's from the Pacific Northwest, very familiar with the area. You could see a guy like that stepping in, and maybe he's on the list of Terry's candidates. Maybe he'd do a good job. But the whole point of the search firm is to be able to get past just that little bit of regionality. Idaho's athletic department is not the University of Alabama. There's not a, hey, we're going to go bring an NFL coach, or in this case, an NBA head coach, bring him back to the college ranks and pay him millions of dollars. Idaho has to go find a guy looking for his first head coaching job. They're not going to go get Bob Knight out of retirement in at year 88. Like Idaho has to find somebody new, realistically, somebody who doesn't have any ties to this program because there's, there's nothing in the last 15 years of Idaho basketball. I would want to be anything associated with a new era of this program. So TLDR, I am thrilled that there's a hiring firm. I 
the jury is going to be out when the, the decisions are made and coaches are hired, but step one, getting a search firm, couldn't be more happy with it. Yeah, I'm 100% with you on being, being stoked about the use of the search firm. Um, just for what you talked about, like if you read like the All Vandals threads right now, and this isn't a put down to All Vandals threads, but you know most discussion right now that I've seen about potential head coaches, it kind of centers on are they Idaho centric? For example, like Chris Bauman, he's a um, head coach right now at, at Odessa Community College, doing very very well over there because he's he's an Idaho alum. That's why I like him as reference in, in discussions. Um, look, Jason Eck had the background in Moscow that, and I think that, that was good that we had a guy who knew what he was walking into, but he didn't have like vandal connections as in being alum or something like that. So uh, there's a lot of assistant coaches that Idaho Idaho could be looking at. Um, you know, you could look at guys who honestly, you could look at an Eck type of template, which would be like a Danny Sprinkle hire at Montana state where, you know, look for a guy who's been at a successful mid-major. So he knows the landscape has his own, own recruit own recruiting um, pipelines right now. That's an example. Yeah. Like, you know, you're going to hear the name Scott Garson a ton. Um, Scott Garson, ha former head coach at college of Idaho, very successful there. Uh, had been assistant coach at UCLA and is currently assistant coach at Santa Clara. You're going to hear people talk about Scott Garson for sure. Uh, but it's going to take, it's going to take a little bit of time for us to get more, some of the actual names to talk about uh, in, in the search. But <sighs> Overall, man, reaction to, to having a search firm is I'm skeptical of anyone who has the word consultant in their title, uh, because I, I think honestly, universally, the word consultant doesn't mean uh, a lot to most people. But here, I'm glad we've got someone else talking, someone else who's going to contribute to the review process, the depth and feeling the depth of candidates. So um, Dallas, after that. Um, you know, Terry talked about salary a little bit and most of the news is promising. Um, the expectation is it'll be a raise from what, uh, from what Zach Kloss was getting the 150,000, which is not bottom in the conference, but it's lower. Uh, so look, we're going to expect some, there's more money coming in. Thank you, Jason Eck for how football has gone. Um, we're kind of now with the, the holding pattern of, we now have to wait for news, which is the best basketball news we've had in a long time, Dallas. Brian, it's 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 almost sad. Like there's there's obviously a game left to be played. Um, realistically, maybe more than that. But um, I mean, Idaho did beat NAU once. There's a every chance that Tim Marion comes in wins wins the first game of his career. But uh, Brian, I gotta be honest. I just don't care. This team's not like we've watched this program get just driven into the ground face first for the last four years. I'm sorry that I'm not super excited that there's one more game to go before clean break of this program. And that's the, like that. Honestly, Brian, that's all I can think about right now is it's finally done. See that leads to, um, and look, there's uh, RC Reynolds, 3920 in the uh, comment section, consultant, a guy from out of town with a briefcase. That is why I hear the word consultant and uh, I do not get aroused the way other people probably do. The the upcoming tournament game, look, look, Terry Golick talked about Tim Marion. She was asked specifically, and this is a, now this is, I'm going to give some uh, props to Terry Golick for a moment. Uh, she was asked what Tim Marion has to do to make a claim for the head coaching job. 
And Terry kind of looked at the guy like that is the dumbest question she'd ever heard, which uh, reasonable for Vandals to be like, well, why, why wouldn't we grab an, a, the, a not number one assistant on a failed staff? But actually, I don't know if Marion's number one or not. But uh, first thing she said is, well, he has to apply. There you go. Did not speculate further than that. Um, she did say that players had said that that she had, she told Marion to be a little more rela relaxed with the game plan because uh, players had been asking for that. Meaning apparently Kloss had been quite rigid, which he, again, like hey, one of the few times are going to bring Kloss up. How in God's name could you have asked, you've watched Idaho bat basketball, especially these last four games, scoring 50, 55, 53, 53, and thought, yeah, Klaus, like this game plan he's executing, he's just overcoaching right now. How, like, is, how, did that ever run through your mind? Because apparently that's what the players are, are saying. Brian, I, I thought that for, for a fraction of a millisecond, like, maybe, maybe he wasn't. Oh, wait, no. How many times did he back over the players over the last couple of years? How many times has he mentioned that it's this guy not committing on defense or the whole team not committing on defense and that all of the issues have always been just because he didn't have the right players before. I mean, even the COVID year when he won one game and we were both do, doing this co-hosting thing for the first time and off air, we would question like, is this like, are we really committing to this for three years? And the, the things we would hear, are, well, he had to deal with COVID. Newsflash, the whole fucking world dealt with COVID. So that's not an excuse. I don't know, Brian. I just... Well, well Dallas, your voice makes it sound like you're dealing with COVID again right now. Uh, not breaking any news, guys. Uh, you, you guys may have noticed Dallas and I are both struggling for a moment. Tom Kendall in the comment section. Surprised Harden did a can't, didn't get a chance at HC. He brought us Jones. And Captain 58, wait, either all Jones or all Moffat offense where everyone else stands around was the game plan. To Tom Kendall, yeah, actually, I, look, I don't think who coaches this last game matters anymore. Uh, but I, if you had asked me, Tom, hey, who do you hope gets to coach it? No, it's the guy who has head coaching experience is the one I'd want for this last last run. Um, and Jones is, of course, the top guy you hope stays at Idaho. Uh, we'll see. I, I would not be shocked. That's 100% dependent on Harden coming back. That's what I've been told. But, uh, yeah, man, that was it. The, like, 900 pick and rolls high pick and rolls with Moffitt and Jones. That was the game plan. That's what they wanted. So you, maybe you and me need to make a rule pretty quick Dallas about whether we're allowed to talk about Zach Kloss anymore, just for the sake of moving on because we're uh, no, we have talked about Zach Kloss much more than he deserves to be talked about. We have had the Idaho has been the single worst D one team with a weekly show for five years four of those at class uh we can probably let that go tom kendall the comment section pass the damn ball max i'm just saying max in the comment section i felt that he was really working hard at his game plans and getting angry at players when they deviated his game plans just sucked and weren't effective i'm with you on that it's still i'm just talking about what because i'm not in the games the same way um the way like Max is Max lives in Moscow. I don't I only went to one game. Cause I said at, when Klaus is coming back, I re-listened to the Requiem for a team episode. I said last year, yeah, I'm not buying tickets and I didn't. So didn't I didn't see that. A, in, probably yeah, didn't go to a single game. I didn't see that, but uh, anyway, yeah. The, the fact that that's where we're at, that that's truly is what we lived through. That's why we're, we're as disgusted as we were. That's why there was elation. At, there is a look when Paul Petrino was fired, the online response was like 80, 80, 80, 90%. 
elation and then 10% like former players saying, you know, Hey, this is, you know, bad news, whatever. Um, the show is not run now with, we're, we're not going to pretend we're not excited about moving on to a new era, but look, even the online reaction, it was essentially universal approval of yeah, about time. Mark triple piece comment section saying, just don't move on. Give us your unicorns. Touche. Mark. I, Mark. I, I got to be honest, Mark. I am absolutely next year. I'm absolutely going to make jokes about, man, I'm, I, I'm so glad that we moved on to a coach that isn't coaching the players as hard as that class did. I'm very glad that we have moved on to a, a coach that lets the guys play more as that asinine statement. I still, Brian, I'm, I'm still, if you asked me that five minutes ago and I still am like angry at the, like the thought that Zach Kloss was over coaching is beyond me. But anyways, let's, let's move on. I'm sick of talking about this shit. I don't care anymore. He's fucking out of here. He's not our problem anymore. There's a, there's a future for Vandal basketball that can't be any bleaker than it is right now. At least if we lost every game, it would be a national story right now. We're just mediocre, bad, like, I mean, not even media. I mean, we're just bad, bad. Like we're not fun, bad. We're not. Bad. We're not even preposterously bad, Brian. It's just like preposterously bad would be like we win one game in three years. That's fucking hilarious. This is this is just bad. Well, I'm, sorry, I'm, I'm I'm differentiating in the like the team clearly. I mean, the team as clearly gave up on Zach Loss as Idaho football did against Eastern Washington for Paul Petrino. Except this was over four games. After that Eastern game, they at least tried a couple times. So look, Mark, we're going to follow your direction. I'm I'm going to move on, but I do have to have one thing, Dallas, just for a couple minutes. Do you have any hope for the conference? Like, do you have any aspirations for this team for the conference tournament? Is that a serious question? Yeah, yeah, truly. Yeah. Um, I think Tim Marion's got a 50-50 shot to win the first game, and then they're going to get boat raced by Eastern. I don't I don't see any if they if they win that first game from Hey, congrats, Marion. You got the guys to play for it. I respect the shit out of that. This is not a situation I would want to be a part of. Respect the, this is this has to be difficult for the the few coaches that are left, knowing like probably not coming back next year, but you still have to put the effort in. Like that's tough. I get that. I would respect the shit out of it if they win that first game, but they're not beating Eastern, so who who cares? The one one measly tournament win. I'm glad you brought up the number one because the, the Big Sky Tournament is in Boise. It starts on Saturday. Idaho has de facto home court advantage again, and Idaho has zero – Idaho men's basketball, that is, has zero wins since the conference tournament's moved to Boise. Um, honestly, I'm hoping that this can be the first game this season where I truly don't have to have the the uh, the, the internal dis- discussion of am I rooting against Klaus or am I rooting for the players? it gets to just be over. Um, I hope, I hope for their sake that, you know, just that the team can put together a a single nice uh, performance. It also would be hysterical to me that the final win comes right out. The only win comes right after Klaus is fired, but you know, similar to the end of the, when Petrino was fired in that final game of the season, when both Petrino and fantasy were fired, fired, it was like the all time most meaningless game of all time. That's kind of how the conference tournament feels for me right now. I'm still going to watch because I love basketball and I, you know, I watch Idaho. Ba- I fucking watch the Idaho basketball during COVID year. So if I'm going to watch that, I'm probably going to keep watching this. But I, I'm not. I'm not even that interested in Idaho in the tournament. I'm honestly more interested to see if Eastern holds on for a win. Uh, they're the one seed. They're the only real hope in my mind for the Big Sky to pick up a, a NCAA tournament win, and that absolutely needs to happen. It hasn't happened since 06. 
Brian, I think uh, I think it's time to pull the plug on this. I think it's time to maybe hear a little bit about Hughes River. But before we get into that, I want to call out Colin Hughes. Future is bright. $50 million arena, beautiful campus, and I think, quote, sleeping giant, end quote, can apply to Idaho basketball within the Big Sky Conference. Colin, I 100% agree. We have a whole bunch of commenters in the comments agreeing. Brian is biting his lips and raising his hand. Brian, do you not agree? No, I was going to thank Colin because that can be the pivot point to quit talking about this season. So, Colin, thank you because we we needed to move on. Yeah, dude, Hughes River Expedition, they're vandalone and operated. They've been sponsoring the show since uh, a while. I don't have dates. But uh, look, if here's the thing. If you Hughes River Expedition, they do all-inclusive trips. So, look, you, they're, most of the trips are in Idaho, the summer in Montana. But, you know, you want to see the Selway, you want to see the Salmon River Canyons. Hughes River is going to do it. And because they're all inclusive, all you have to do is show up. That's it. Everything else is taken care of. Show up and you're done. Hughes River, they do trips. If you want to do corporate style retreats or you want to do like team building trips, they do that. If it's just you and a family and you want to do something fun with your son, with your sons, or you want to do something as a family reunion, they do that. You don't have to have a full crew. They'll schedule you in with another crew. So Hughes River Expedition, they're, again, run by Vandals, the single best place. You want to do river trips? I don't care where else you've heard of. Hughes River Expedition is the best place to go. You want to find out what it's like to grab a paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the Gem State? Call now, 800-262-1882, or check them out at HughesRiver.com. Dallas, we're going to steal Colin's point. Now that this cloud is lifted and honestly, I'm kind of happy we waited a day to record. I wanted to go immediately, but uh, let's just say you weren't ready to go immediately Dallas, which is to say drunk. So uh, it, it's, it's probably the right call. That we waited a couple days, but now, Hey, we're a couple days away. You're thinking about Idaho basketball. Colin brought up sleeping giant thing. Idaho has not had the same type of success in basketball as they had historically in football in the big sky. But if you want to talk, like, do you buy into Idaho as a sleeping giant in basketball? I absolutely do. I mean, I think, I think Colin hit it on the head. We have this incredible new arena. It's, I might be a little bit biased, but I think it's the best one in the big sky. It's not like the big sky is known for basketball. I mean, name the last major player to come out of the big sky. Damian Lillard. Exactly. And when was that? A couple years ago. Oh, you know, only yeah. give or take a couple. Yeah. This isn't a conference that is punching out a bunch of NBA talent. They're not punching out a bunch of, hey, we sent three teams to the tournament. It's, Brian, what was the stat you just said the last time that a Big Sky team won a conference game or won an NCAA tournament game? 2006, University of Montana coached by Larry Kristowiak as a 12 seed beat number five Nevada coached by Mark Fox. Bingo. Thank you. So we're sitting here 17 years later. And nobody in this conference has won a single NCAA tournament game. Like, like, if you're talking about a young coach looking for my opportunity to make a show that I deserve a blue blood job in my future, coming to a, a the Big Sky Conference and kicking someone's teeth in, like David Riley, it, it takes time to build a program, but David Riley rebuilt Eastern from the ashes when Shantae Leggins left and took everyone with him. And two years later, 
They are far and away the best team in this conference. It's going to be devastating if they don't win the tournament because they're not good enough to get into the NCAA tournament without winning the Big Sky tournament. But a guy like that, like there's no reason that Idaho can't unearth somebody like that that can come in, immediately make this program successful and maybe turn into a, a program that does consistently sit in the top three, four seeds in the tournament year in and year out. I don't see why that's not possible. I 100% agree. And look, the reason the team I'm going to point to is Montana State. Montana State for two decades was a middling big sky level program of they'd finish around 500, usually a little bit south. In spite of having Montana State type of resources, that's who Montana State was forever. Brian Fish coaching at Montana State prior to Danny Sprinkle. So we're talking about around like 2017, 2018. He had three pros on his, on his starting lineup. Kelgen Blevins, who has played in the NBA for Portland because he's Damian Lillard's cousin. But again, like he made the roster. Uh, Tyler Hall, who has signed a 10-day contract previously for the New York Knicks. Those two are on the same team. And Harold Frey, who's playing pro overseas. They had three pro starters and they finished in the bottom half of the big sky. So I'm just bringing that up because Idaho's ha- has some has some strong pieces now. We had some strong pieces last year, kind of similar to Montana State, having guys like that and still, you know, I mean, Montana State was Herculean compared to class teams. But still, Montana State, even with talent, they just couldn't put together for two decades. Danny Sprinkle comes in. His first two years, Montana State is in that same vein around 500, but they're a little bit above. Uh, 16 and 15 is first year, 10, 10 in Big Sky. Second year, 13 and 10, 8 and 6 in Big Sky. Then last season, his third year here, it's all his guys. He has a system down. Montana State wins the league. That's a team that for 20 years had not been much in the Big Sky. You're not going to tell me Montana State can do that with the facilities they have basketball-wise, with the preposterous rent and cost it takes to live in the state in Bozeman, state of Montana right now, and tell me that Idaho can't do the same thing in the Big Sky. And the Big Sky that right now is diminished compared to the Big Sky Conference of 2014 or 2008 or 2006. This is not the same level. Lots of teams have had coaches turn over in the last three or four years. Some of the stalwarts, uh, guys like Randy Ray, he's gone. Weaver State's still solid, but Ray's gone. Uh, Travis DeKira looked like he was a fantastic coach his first few years in Montana, but his talent well has run dry. Um, Dan Patrick at, Sa- at Sacramento State, great hire, great background as a Power 5 associate head coach, but it's going to take a couple of years to get Sacramento State turned around. Look, you can go through. Portland State has a recently new coach. They're still the same thing they were. Southern Utah left the conference, and though we make fun of them in football, Southern Utah is a good basketball school. So, look, they're, the, the big sky is ready to be – is ready for another team to take a step up. Eastern's still going to be where they're at, but you know, Dallas, David Riley's not going to be there much longer. So when David Riley goes, Eastern's going to have to make sure their internal hire works again. That's a lot of consecutive internal hires working. Danny Sprinkle could be gone at any point from Montana state. Uh, I mean, he, he might stay there longer, longer because he's an alum, but realistically the easily two best coaches in the league are David Riley and Danny Sprinkle at Eastern and Montana. And we don't know how long they're going to be there. Otherwise, there's not a lot that separates the rest of the conference. So with a guy who knows what he's doing, 
who's able to recruit better than Klaus, or let's just say even a more complete version of what Klaus was doing, this team's immediately going to be talking about 500 and being able to become a sleeping giant, like Colin said, and vault towards the top of a, di a diminished Big Sky Conference right now. If that's not your expectation, there's no reason for a $50 million arena. Exactly. Brian, as we, as you look down the coaches on this, like on the, the list of the active coaches, I don't see any reason that Idaho could not hire someone better than these guys and become a bully in the, in the big sky. There's no reason that that could not happen, especially with the new arena. I mean, you mentioned Jace Coburn at Portland state uh, being a newer guy. I mean, if he struggles another year or two, they're right back in it. Steve Smiley at Northern Colorado. They were very good last year, not so much this year. And there are only four coaches in the league finished with a positive record, either in conference or out of conference. Like this is not a league that is particularly good at basketball. Like it, it's terrible to say that, like and I, it sucks, but like, let's admit it here. Like in the FCS football, big sky right there with the Missouri Valley, the fucking cream of the crop, but big sky basketball. It's an afterthought, which when you, I mean, you can see the, the, you know, the bits and pieces of the arena in the back and, Mark Trivel piece again, the owner, owner of the corner, uh, owner of the corner club. Words are hard. Sorry. Uh, jumping in here and saying, Hey, if, if you've taken a tour of that arena, you would agree. We're a sleeping giant. I have been fortunate enough to take a tour of the arena. This arena is incredible. There's no reason that people would not want to come play college basketball at Idaho against again. Eastern is leading the conference. Another quick rebuild. The third straight coach that they're going to have most likely send a team to the tournament. They play in a like a Russian style, like 80s, like what you'd seen in an 80s movie of a gym becoming also a nuclear bunker. Like they're winning in Cheney. If you've ever been to Cheney, Cheney's a shithole. Like, and, and I don't mean any disrespect. Like Cheney just Cheney's not cool. Like Moscow, great place, incredible arena. I see zero, zero reason that we should have gone through the last four years like we did. This is, this is a place that basketball should succeed at. I mean, John Newley succeeded here. I know that women's basketball and men's basketball is a little different, but John Newley succeeded here for a very long time. There's been a couple down years. You We all expect that's going to turn around. If it doesn't, then that's the conversations have to happen there. As Taylor Cash jumps in, Cheney blows. Absolutely correct. But like, there's, there's nothing here that's screaming like, ah, oh, people don't want to come to the big sky because again, Bob Knight has been sitting here in 130 league championships in a row. Like, this is an absolutely a place that you can build a, a winning foundational program if you just hire the right guy or even attempt to look for the right guy, which we haven't done in way too goddamn long. Yeah, and the, as a kind of a template for potential coaches, uh, Tom Tom Kendall in the comment section saying, I agree, we need better than those mentioned. Sorry, Brian. Like, I, I was just going over the fact that the initial discussion is going to be guys with vandal ties. Um, a guy like, like I'm going to say a guy like Scott Garson would be, ex I'd be ecstatic about, but the template I want people to look at for potential coaches, I'm going to run through a couple the different big sky schools have used. Yes. I know Danny Sprinkle is an alum, but he most recently coached at Cal state Fullerton was on the, on Fullerton staff for their NCAA run. It's an example of a, of a guy who was at a successful mid major who then came over to Idaho, had his own recruiting pipeline or came to Montana state, had his own recruiting pipeline. He developed at a good mid-major type of school. That's one template. Look at what Montana did with Travis DeCure. Look at what Sacramento State did with Dan Patrick. Both DeCure and Patrick came to Montana and Sacramento State, respectively, from Power 5 schools. 
Uh, DeCure was at Cal and Patrick spent time at both Oklahoma and then Arkansas. Big Sky schools can poach bigger names than you might guess, or they can poach guys from bigger names than you might guess. There's the route that Idaho State took with Ryan Ryan Looney, where he was very successful at D2 Point Loma. Um, look, guys who've been successful head coaches at a lower level is another question to look at. Golic in her press conference said she doesn't have a decision yet about does she want a assistant at a good school who has a pipeline got like i said a, a power five or mid-major or if she wants a guy who has head coaching experience and if you're in, in the big sky and your head coach has head coaching experience it's probably from d2 or something lower i'm happy that she says she's open with that but the, that's why i said early tom it's way too early for us to say who the potential guys are because we're going to have way more applicants than you might guess and but the backgrounds are going to be diverse i gotta say i wouldn't be shocked if the route Terry goes is similar to the Eck route of a guy who has been successful elsewhere at our level, who just, who needs his first chance, but Hey, that's off the top of my head. We're going to bring up coaching tips as we get them Dallas before we get to Martin's magic minute, anything you want to close on potential coaches to that we can be paying attention to. And now finally get excited about. And guys, we're, we don't know what, like we, we truly don't know what's going to happen. Um, I mean, I, it sounds like Golic's not going to promote one of the existing assistants. That's That much is at least fairly clear. Doesn't sound like that's going to happen, which no offense to either of, of the three of them that are left, but good. Like, it's it's time to move this program on. I, I want to double down on the David Patrick thing, Brian, because David Patrick, it is still incredible to me that that guy is coaching at Sac State in that warehouse. I know you're fond of the warehouse, but Sac State is a shithole. That warehouse looks like Honestly, it looks like the the practice facility that Cheney would have if Cheney had a practice facility for the basketball team. Like, not particularly incredible. The guy coached as an assistant at LSU, TCU, Arkansas, Oklahoma, and St. Mary's in his career. He was the godson of, uh, or excuse me, the godfather of Ben Simmons, who I know that the NBA thing has not worked out quite as well as he'd hoped, but like, the guy has some ties to some legitimate basketball he coached at UC Riverside. He was the head coach there for two years, won a fair amount of games, had that program turning in the right direction, and then just took a, another job in the SEC. But this is the kind of guy that will come here. You, We will absolutely see applicants from Power 5 schools looking for a chance to make their mark on a program. And that's that's why it's so hard to come up with names right now because, yeah, for every Jared Fay, the former CSI coach, and Scott Garson, who's at, uh, I don't even remember, Santa Clara maybe now, um, Brian's nodding his head. Yes, I got that correct. Those guys make sense because of their like their ties to the Pacific Northwest. But I mean, what are the chances that one of Bruce Pearl's assistants at Auburn decides, you know what, I am ready to to lead my own program? Like that's the 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 potential that exists here is a you know it, yeah it would be a cycling door of guys leaving after three four years because they're trying to move on to better jobs. But that's that's possible. It is absolutely possible for Idaho to get somebody considerably, uh, no shot at Ryan Looney, but getting somebody considerably more, what's the word I'm looking for, Brian? The, I think I've got COVID brain here. Um, somebody with more of a resume than a guy who, yeah, he coached at College of Southern Idaho, which is a power in the junior colleges, sure, but you don't see guys making a jump from juniors to power five schools there is a very good chance that we have a very qualified coach in here. Now there's also a very good chance that we don't, but 
it, there's such a such a wide breadth of candidates that could possibly take this job, Brian. Yeah. So Ross Blacker in the comment section, someone brought up Andy Hill. Hill's an assistant at Montana State. Spent a long time as an assistant at University of Utah, then New Mexico. He's now getting a little bit more hands-on coaching experience. So yeah, that's another example of a guy who you can see where a success, where his background could make him potentially appealing. There's a lot of assistants like that. It's it's a little bit it's kind of hard to talk in basketball about assistance, whereas in football it's a little bit easier to say to look at OCs, DCs, and then head coaches. Um, but hey, we gotta close this up pretty soon. First off, Nick Davis, man, one of our two favorite sponsors, does the best metal work in the world. It's Vandal oriented. This is an iVandals logo that Nick made. He also does King Spud original. He does his own original pieces, did an LA Rams one for Dallas, WSU one for my younger brother. If you want uh, something kick-ass hanging up in your office, your study, your bar, uh, Duffer's Tavern, uh, give uh, get in contact with Nick Davis. That's um, at Idaho underscore Davis on Twitter, or just get a hold of us. We'll connect him to we'll connect him to you. So Martin, it's time for Martin's Magic Minute. We'll be relatively brief because that's what you said you want to do. Martin's going to oh, yeah. actually talk about the Big Sky Conference tournament because oh, of the women. Yeah, play. yeah. So. Last night, good. It's been a little bit. They went two and one this past week. Loans against Idaho State and Northern Colorado lost Montana on Monday night, which ended up getting them the six seed. Wish they would have gotten the full five seeds. So they would have gotten. It would have, no, it wouldn't have mattered at all whatsoever. Uh, the bracket they're in, they're going to play sac, top five, Sacramento State on Monday. Uh, Monday, so they don't have to play Saturday or Sunday. Good catch, not calling Sacramento yeah. State top five. There's only one yeah. top five school in the show. <laughs> Hashtag yep. Vikings. Uh, yeah, they, I just, I mean, kind of first looking at the bracket, I think it is probably the quote easier side of the bracket for them to make a run at the final, make a run to the finals playing Sacramento state, Montana, who they split the season with or Montana state or any of the teams on their side of the bracket is by far the easier side. Beyonce had another great week earning player of the week. I think she had 90 points, 60 rebounds, and I want to say seven assists, but that's almost a that's a double double she averaged over the past three games. So she's been balling and honestly I, I feel pretty damn good about this. I feel, I feel like they can make win a game or two this year. Win a game or two in the tournament this year. That's it for Martin's minute. When Martin says minute, he absolutely means that. So, uh, yeah, guys, um, I guess the last thing I want to want to talk about just for like 30 seconds, Dallas, is talking football this last year with a new good coach was so damn easy. Basketball then became laborsome this year. It's already starting to feel lighter that we get to completely move on. It's If you're a regular listener, you might think that I uh, – I'm studying some sort of PhD and talking about shitty basketball really don't enjoy it that much. Uh, like I like talking vandal sports. Cause I care about it. And I talk about the teams that I care about. That's why we have listeners like we do because other people feel the same way, but I gotta, I gotta say, man, we're even a couple days out and it's already feeling better. Dallas. When we have an act, when we have names, we can talk about speculate, look at backgrounds. We have an actual coach. I don't know, man. It, what if we actually had a full year? I'm not saying we need like two teams winning the league. Have you imagined the heaven of having a full year of only talking about non-shitty teams? No, I I do not want to give myself that hope. Um, that sounds that sounds like relief, Brian. 
And right now I'm going to let myself dream about it. I'm going to hope and pray that the right decision is made for the future of this basketball program and at least hang my hat on, hey, the er at the end of the error has finally happened. We're finally moving on. V's up and go Vandals. That's really about all I've got. Yeah, Tom Kendall in the comments section. Hey, Brian, if we come together at, at uh, TATC or Tubbs and get some money to donate to VSF to get TATC off TG's ban. So, like, look, I was told that's going to end at the academic year. I got to say, again, I shared something that's available if you FOIA the, the athletic department. And look, hey, I'll be honest. I thought the email made Terry look like a moron. That's why I shared it. Uh, because it did, her being flippant about Zach Kloss. But um, look, I think if the athletic department does not want to have their new men's basketball coach step onto a show, that the view count would be considered one of the most successful in-person events that Idaho would do as far as organizing around a season. I think that is an interesting commitment to wasting a resource. But uh, that's her call. Again, like it's not our right to have coaches on the shows and it's not the, it's not the athletic department's right to have any say over what we say. So uh, I, I think, I hope that uh, when we have a new coach that there uh, there's a different opinion about what, it, what would be helpful to get people excited about the season, sell season tickets and all that. But um, no, I don't think we should use the, I look, do what you want with your own money. Donate. Cause you're happy. We have a new coach do that. I wouldn't say we should try to raise money to appease uh, a person who does not have editorial control of tubs and never will. That's just a stance I have. I've been open about this a long time. I don't believe in positive or negative coverage. You cover good stuff, positive, you cover good stuff favorably because it's good. You cover bad stuff, not, not favorably or unfavorably uh, for those who speak English because you should uh, until Zach Klaus was hired. Terry Golick deserved negative attention for having the worst coach in the big sky needlessly, but it's a new day. So we're going we're gonna to get to talk about new stuff. But Tom, thanks for asking. Uh, Tom saying my donations went uh, way up after the Eck hire. Dallas, you bought your tickets, right? Because you, you said you were holding off by tickets yep. until Kloss was gone. I was waiting to buy my foot, to renew my football season tickets until Kloss was gone. I did it 12 hours after he was fired. And like, that's, that's how we, that's how we make our voices heard, everybody. That's, I mean, just like the supposed influx of donations when there were rumors that Petrino was going to be gone. And again, like we think we could have, well, I say we is in the, the Idaho fan base could have covered the class buyout pretty quickly yeah. had it happened. And he moved on and gotten a job with Danny Sprinkle. Um, look, it is what it is. It's entirely their right to be upset that Brian posted that email. And you know, from their perspective, I, 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 I kind of get it. Like, yeah, okay. That's totally fine. If, one of the, if, when I was working in media, if I had done something like that, yeah, I probably would have gotten one of the stations I worked for as credentials pulled for a, a semester. It is what it is. Don't really give a shit. I, we think it's a bad idea to not like, hey, yeah, we fucked up with the basketball thing. Here's the new guy to try to talk positively about it. We think that would be a better idea for them, but you know what? Terry has proven time and time again that her judgment is less than suspect. Just ask anybody that knows the volleyball team. And there you go. So to put a button on it, donate because you want to, guys. Uh, that's always your call. I have no regrets whatsoever about the posting. And if I could replay same. this, I would do it absolutely the same way. So we're going to call it a night. Thank you, everyone, for coming. It's a new day. Uh, Martin, are we ever going to quit calling basketball veggies? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think there's a lot of jokes about sinking your mouth into a nice piece of man meat that we could go with. But uh, 
I'll I'll leave someone else to make those jokes. I don't want to touch that area. Oh man, that, that double Dublin tender there. But uh, anyway, before we uh, get before I get myself fired for making man meat jokes, thanks for joining us, guys. It's finally done. V's up. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. This is producer Brian doing a terrible job of even finding what we're going to play us out with. So I'm just going, we're just going to call it good. See you guys Tuesday.